All right. January 11th, 2020. Welcome to the new year. They say after the 7th, you're not really supposed to say that anymore, but this is the first official episode of season three of The Urban Breakdown, featuring hit shows such as He Said, She Said, and Politrix. And, of course, this show you're listening to now, The Urban Breakdown. And welcome to another episode. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe now. And if you have, tell a friend to tell a friend. Merck, do your thing. All right. Well, actually, we're going to go ahead and, and um, set it off with Odie. Odie, what you got for us today? Good morning, guys. So, uh, happy new Good year. Morning. First episode happy of 2020. <sighs> yeah, I had a much needed, um, well, all, or hopefully all of us did, but how much you need a break, you know, at the end of 2019. So, I feel, I feel pretty refreshed and rejuvenated. Like, now I'm ready to hit the pavement, hit the ground running, um, and see what's going on in 2021. What'd you say? A favor. Do I have a favor? Okay. I need some of them good vibes to float over here. You dig what I'm saying? I need some of that. You got to create your own vibes. You got to create your own. All I can do is show you how I do it. If that's good enough for you to be, to run with it and be motivated, then you're welcome. There you go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I can show All right, you the master so, plan. I like that. Yeah. Master plan. All right. So, I do want to talk about this story. Normally, we don't uh, give the white folks too much shine on the show, but... um this particular story just caught my eye just because of the pettiness of it all, considering um, the shade and the pettiness was coming from white people. I thought it was kind of funny, and technically there is a black person involved. So, earlier this week, there is a, uh, basically like a mass exodus, and I think the, um, there's like a news story about the exit of Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry mm-hmm. uh, from the royal family. And they're talking about stepping back, not stepping down, but stepping back from their royal title and working to be financially independent um, from the royal family. And I'm like, oh, okay, like you can just kind of denounce your shit, I guess. Um, and I guess that's what they're planning on doing, mainly because, I mean, the. British media has not been nice to Meghan Markle. Um, Prince Harry is about that life. He, I get, you know, he loves his wife to the point that he wants her to be happy, and he ain't really with the shit. So <laughs> they're deciding to split their time between the UK and they said North America. So Canada is now the word on that. And I'm just curious, like, what you guys think about it. Like, are y'all with it? You think this is a good decision? Or do you think it's a bad idea? Allegedly, too, with the, like, what made this, like, kind of like a T-worthy story is that the queen didn't know about it. And since then, Madame Tussauds decided to take down their wax figures from their London location. That's petty. And that's what made it also extra petty. Yeah, that 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 is extra petty, and you know it, it's you gotta do what makes you happy, man. I, I work with a woman who she had a job. I don't know what she did, 
but her job was paying almost $90,000 a year. And she quit that job because it wasn't about not being happy. It was not being happy to the point where it was affecting her health. So she, I mean, I don't make 90 grand a year. <laughs> Let's just, I'll just believe it at that. But uh, she had to do what was best for her and her family, you know? So she took a lower paying job and she's much happier now, you know? Being in the royal family, I mean, as an American, being in the royal family, I'm just like, who gives a shit, you know? But then again, I know nothing about British royalty, what they mean to the people. I know nothing about that. I have, obviously, it's a lot of they took down their wax figures. But in the end of the day, and they have kids now, right? Or, or, do they have kids together now? Yeah, they have one, a baby named Archie. Yeah, you got to do what's best for you and your family. I mean, you know, it, British media is just like American media. You know, they just want to pour shit in your mouth. And then when you spit it back in their face, they're just like, hey, why would you do that? You know, I just say, I mean, if they want to step back from the royal family and they're doing what's best for them and, their, and theirs, that's fine by me. I have no problems with that. I mean, I mean, put it like this. Whether they were there or not there, British media is still going to shit on them anyway. So they may, as well do, they may as well do what makes them happy. I will say the only I think, thing I think that was wrong about this. Oh, sorry. My bad. Go ahead, Bruce. Because you might bring up my phone. To answer your question, I just think that... No, I'm definitely not going to bring a bill point. You know, I'm the anarchist. Um, <clears throat> I just think the Harry, he's setting the bar too high. You know what I'm saying? Like, now dudes got to really start making moves in order to please their women. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they shouldn't do it anyway. But this is a bold... It's almost like being the most unselfish a person can be in order to accommodate right. their marriage situation. And that is right. a beautiful, beautiful gesture. But it's almost like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Bro, you said it brought you high. I'm looking like a bitch out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is like um, that meme is coming. It's like resurfacing. There was like a picture where Megan was really looking at Harry like... You can see the love, like, seeping through in the picture. And I'm not, like, a mushy person or, like, a super idealistic person when it comes to love, marriage, and relationships. But in that particular photo, she was looking at him with the type of admiration that I typically look at really good sushi with. And I would love to look <laughs> at a person that way, but so far, sushi holds the, the standard for that. And the only critique I have of this whole situation is, um, and this is like if I was forced to, to pick one, it's like you have taken, I feel like they should have just did it. Instead of saying like stepping back, they should have just stepped down and say as of today we are no longer taking, you know, dollars or whatever because they had taking like taxpayer money to like renovate their home that they're not going to be living in full time anymore. Mm. You know what I'm so I'm like, ah, like if I was a citizen, I'd be pissed. I'd be annoyed. Um, like even beyond like the media shit. Cause it's like, ah, like fuck the paparazzi, fuck their feelings. But like, if I'm a citizen and I paid for that expensive ass wedding, I've been paying for security for your baby. And I've been paying for like, you shouldn't be stepping back. You should be, or you should be stepping down, right the fuck now. Like, your ducks, your financial ducks should have been in a row so that this was an announcement to step down, not to step back. Um, and then, like, that's the only thing I would feel a way about. But other than that, like, 
do you mind your business um the other thing i saw too i thought was interesting with this whole story is that they left their baby in canada with a friend with like one of her friends of all people and my thing was if i were the friend I don't want to watch your baby. I don't want to watch no world baby. (laughs) (laughs) God forbid something that baby gets a scratch in my presence. I don't want. I don't want that kind of responsibility. It's heavy enough to babysit anybody's kids, but I certainly don't want to babysit like Archie. Oh no, you got to take this baby with you. (laughs) (laughs) Want to speak to your earlier point? I, don't, I think the citizens should feel some way about supporting a monarchy anyway. I mean, what? Why are we paying people just to be figureheads of our country? You know, I think it's ridiculous. True, true. Because especially you have actual elected ass officials who like don't right. listen. Yeah, agreed. Right. That's true. But I don't know. That's that's their dollars. I don't mind my business. <laughs> I mean, right? Look how look how our dollars in America are being. I mean, do it. So, yeah, whatever. We got the biggest military, $2 trillion. But why? People are homeless. People are hungry. We have the highest student debt in the whole in the whole world. Dude. <laughs> we got the highest student debt and the dumbest kids <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> hey, that part. That part. Where's the armory at? <laughs> Yep. I'm, 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 I'm being mean, of course, but I mean, at the same time, it's just like. Yeah, it's facts, though. It's facts, though. We're supposed to be the number one nation, and we fall behind in so many, what I consider, key areas. Poor, the, 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 the poor, the, um, the um, education, health. I mean, every key area that makes a nation great, we lack in. Mm-hmm. But yep, our propaganda machine. Makes it seem like we're the best thing since sliced bread. Right. Boy, this is the right. same Nazi Germany in 1942. I don't know what it is. But I ain't even saying it's a Trump thing. It's always been this way. That's true. I mean, a lot of people, like when you have somebody like Joe Biden who thinks that, like, once Trump is, and in his words, once Trump is gone, the fever is going to break. It's not a fever. It's, it's, it's bone cancer. It's in the bones. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And once Trump is gone, and if heavens forbid Joe Biden should win, whoever they put after him is going to be ten times worse. Because then they'll be able to read, and then they'll be able to like actually take a civics class and know how the government actually works. And then we'll be in real trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's this whole delusion of America the greatest country in the world is just that. It's it's just an it's just a delusion because America is the greatest country in the world if you don't look at the numbers. Yeah. So. Right. That part. <laughs> Absolutely. So um. Hmm. Uh, so I, I I really was on the fence as we transitioned into the next story about whether or not I actually even discuss it just because. I've deemed a long time ago that this person is not worthy of anything remotely tied to my time or attention. This this was fucking piping hot tea. And technically, this story isn't about him as much as it is about um, two women that have had the 
tag as his girlfriend for the past several years, actually. Um, I I will admit, and I'm, I believe I've said it on the show before, I have never watched any of the documentaries because my perspective was like, there's nothing that that documentary could reveal to me that I probably didn't already know or that wouldn't anger me. So I was protecting my, like, mental space where I was just like, I am not going to watch people tell stories about how they knew he was abusive and didn't do shit about it um, or, like, hear these ridiculous tales about how he mentally, verbally, and sexually assaulted the women that were in, in his life. So I was just like, I'm not going to do that. I still have not. Um, I believe there is another part coming out this month, like another Surviving R. Kelly uh, coming I've out. Um, I've only seen a piece of the first one. I've seen a lot more pieces of the second one. Man, that second one was real. Man, that shit was like, whoa. I don't know, maybe the first one was whoa like that too, but I ain't really seen the first one like that, so I don't know. <sighs> well, two women who have been the ones that I'm referring to as his girlfriends, one is named Jocelyn Savage, the other one is Azrael Cleary. Now, Azrael Cleary and Jocelyn were on of all things Instagram Live. Yes, those young people their age do. And um, they were fighting. Like, you could like no, I expected this to happen much sooner to be honest just because he's been in jail for so long and I think he's not there to manage them so like now they're having to communicate with each other um, one of them I can't remember which one it was I think it was Azriel she got on Instagram live talking shit about the other one and then she was trying to quote-unquote spill the tea, but what she did was, like, basically reveal things we already knew about R. Kelly, like he's trash and a sexual abuser and shit like that. Um, And the other one, Jocelyn, ended up going to jail for that fight um, and putting hands on her. And in the meantime, uh, Azriel got reunited with her family. Now, she's the one whose parents, I think, they went on the... They, I feel like they did go on the Breakfast Club, but or they were either tied to that um, uh, documentary. But they have been, like, saying, oh, like, she's kind of kidnapped. She has a... What's, what's that? What's that kidnapping? The Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't want to come home. And basically, the police were just like, there's nothing we could do because she's of age at this point. Um, but she was, like, still really young, like, 19, maybe, at the time. And uh, they were just like, no, like, this nigga is holding her hostage. And she would get on social media and say, like, nope, I'm good. Like, I just don't fuck with my family. Well, she's back with her family. So I'm sure something will come out now. She'll be probably paid to tell stories. But I don't know why anybody would pay her because... At this point, like, with all the documentaries and all the mess, we we already know, like, who this nigga is. Only thing she could do is just, like, help probably fill in some of the gaps. But we'll see. We'll see how this... I mean, it was, like, really, really messy. It was really messy. And at the end of the day, I still feel bad for, for them to an extent because they are victims. 
and we know she was underage, but it's like, I feel sorry for her underage self. Not necessarily the age that she is now. Whatever that is, because she's of age. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, on this one, I, you know, uh, when they have series like this, you know, I mean, like the Michael Jackson one, we just found out that everything they said was just kind of like a lie. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, I'm not really, you know, worried about that one. But for R. Kelly, the fact that, to me, that's a series you make after he's in jail. You know what I mean? Like, people should have done their due diligence and already had him in prison before they even start making documentaries about him, you know? Because... That means that all his victims still haven't gotten their justice. All, I mean, everything is still the same. Like, I mean, as of right now, I mean, he's in... Uh, they have in custody. Like, I always forget. Did he jump bail or something like that? Uh, he tried to, but they... He doesn't have any fucking money. Like, I think he did end up to catching, like, a fed charge because he traveled with the girls across state lines. Um... But he's in jail right now in Chicago. Okay. But he hasn't been on trial yet for all his crimes. Mm -hmm. At least not this mm -hmm. time around. The last time around, he beat it. But, uh, you know. But, I mean, I, I, I can't get into stuff like that. Especially stuff with uh, living victims that may actually even still, like, mess with him like that, you know. So it's not like Harvey Weinstein where they were just like, they didn't want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he just basically just did the whole Pied Piper thing to them. And it's it's hard to watch. I, this is why I haven't really been keeping track of it. And I, I just figure once it's resolved and he's in prison where he belongs, then maybe, maybe I can check it out more. But so long as he hasn't been convicted yet, I just can't get into it. Because I'm just like, it, you know, it's just... It's as far as I'm concerned, it's still happening. Well, while we talk about and while we're on the topic of um, sexual predators, one thing that used to, it still irritates me that I always see pop up on my timeline typically are black people talking shit about, oh, we don't have no Harvey Weinstein documentary. Oh, we don't have no uh, what's the other one too? The one the other one that killed him, well, quote unquote, killed himself in prison. Epstein. 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 Yeah. So they were like, we don't have one of those. I think the Epstein one came out or is coming out on like 2020 really soon. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, I was like, can y'all please shut the fuck up about this now? Because it's not that it's like y'all are the same people that claim that white people are not the standard. Um, it's like you, <laughs> so it's like you claim you compare us to white people when it's convenient for your narrative. Right. And you want to say, like, oh, white people don't do this or white people get away with that. But then at the same time, you want to say, like, black people are better. So if we're better, then there certainly shouldn't be R. Kelly's in our community. Well, put it like this. I mean, and, and not like, to cut oh, you off. Like, no, the, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mean, you know, the whole thing about, and, and just to piggyback on that before the, um, before you moved on, the whole, I mean, people, they try to play both sides of the fence. So they want to say, uh, when we talk about uplifting black folks, it's not at the expense of anyone else. It's basically, we just want to be 
uh, equal, you know, because minorities are often looked down upon, they're often given less opportunities. But to your point, you have some people who try to play both sides of the fence and they try to uh, use these things to build their narrative, but they don't realize how much that hurts the cause for everybody when they do stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's what they're not realizing. So, I mean, you can, you mean, I, people post articles and stuff like that about it, you know, where is this and where is that? But they don't realize that it's really hurting the cause because what's going to happen is when you start running them, when they start running their mouths like that, people are going to stop listening, <laughs> you know, because they don't want to hear that dumb shit anymore. And it's not, and it's not going to work for anyone, you know. Yeah, I just be like, mm -mm. <sighs> so one of the most when I was watching the part of that, um, the second one that came out, it was like um, Dame Dash was on there. He looking a little rough these days, boy. <laughs> but anyway, and he was just talking about the situation from his perspective. But it's just like even if you if you know about something, this is the way I was taught. You're supposed to do something about it. Not just you know take a blind eye to it or be like. Oh, well, it's not me, or I just won't mix with him. That really should have been addressed. I and mean, when you have as much power as Rockefeller had back in that day, you know what I'm saying? But I think a lot of times people don't want to open up that gate of addressing it because it may reflect back on the things that they've done or are doing. Right. I mean, figure it like this. With Joe Paterno, the, the coach, right, he got his statue taken down. Remember one thing. Joe Paterno never touched any of those kids. But he knew about it and didn't say anything. And that's why his legacy was erased. They took down the statue and everything because he knew about it and didn't do anything about it. So all the and, and that's I, I think that's another thing that hurts me in these documentaries is that you have all these people who had all this knowledge and you want to speak about it on the documentary. Why weren't you telling the cops? You know, mm -hmm. and now keep in mind, I don't know all the details about that. So I may be, as my sister would say, I may just be talking out the side of my neck, but even in the Michael Jackson trial, all these people who were quote unquote spilling all that tea, I used to work at a summer camp and they used to tell us mm -hmm. that if you know that children are being harmed and you don't do anything about it, you go to jail. So all these people in Michael Jackson trial quote unquote spilling the tea, they should have been in jail because if, 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 and um, you know, I don't even want to get in the whole Michael Jackson has a whole nother show, <laughs> but yeah, if, yeah. if you had information you didn't say you are guilty and that's what those people did in that fucking um in that documentary like they implicated themselves basically they were protecting their job and they didn't give a fuck yeah so, so I mean it's, it's trash behavior all around but right now we are focusing on the perpetrator and the perpetrator needs to take his ass to jail I don't understand why people are so concerned with, like, oh, but there's no Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Fuck Jeffrey Epstein. His son is coming, and he was trash, too. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess what? It's not like Jeffrey Epstein died in a, in a mansion, you know, getting his dick sucked. He died in prison. <laughs> so, you know, who cares if it's a documentary or not, you know? And what makes it worse, the reason why he was killed is because now you had to talk about all the people who were who could have put him in jail and didn't, and why. So, I don't like to do the whole conspiracy theory thing, but that's one where it's just like, okay. You know, especially the, the latest evidence where they, where they deleted video of his first suicide, I'm like, okay, yeah. 
someone gave the order from on high to get rid of Epstein. But it's not like Epstein was a free man when he died. He died in prison, right? Whether he was killed in prison or whether... Okay, he was killed in prison. But <laughs> the thing is, when people, all these people are bitching about why don't they have a documentary? Who gives a shit about the documentary? You know? When he was already caught and already put in prison. So... They're just saying that just to take the, 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 the sting off of uh, R. Kelly. Because unfortunately, and I always say this all the time, unfortunately with black people, you know, we don't get to trim the gristle off and then just and from the rest of the steak. You know, we have to swallow the whole steak, gristle and all. So if there's one person who does wrong, that person is basically represents the entire black community. So other people could just say, "Oh, he's a school shooter." Well, guess what? He he was a loner. He was he was a he was an outlier. He doesn't represent the rest of us. We don't get to do that. So, if I may play a little bit a little bit of devil's advocate here, maybe they're just doing it just because they know that not you have R. Kelly doing all these you know doing all these crimes that they're basically just going to blame. Like they're going to be like, "Well, why didn't the black community do something about it?" Which is kind of true, but at the same time, they don't want that pinned on them. That's just my off-the-cuff theory of it, though. Because, I mean, why would you blatantly, blatantly just, you know, do that whole whataboutism and think that you're not going to get caught on it? So. Well, we'll see you have more deal with self as far as uh, how justice reveals itself um watching it unravel is kind of messy but yeah 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 definitely that's all i got all right <laughs> i didn't know it i hate you a few like a pause. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i'm just gonna do did you have anything before i get before i get started no, today I'm at the um, Mindful Bodies and Wellness Conference and Expo located here in um, Durham regarding basically mind, body, and soul, addressing it, especially in this day and time where we seem to be suffering more than ever, more incidences of um, high blood pressure and heart disease, more incidences of cancer, more incidences of diseases that we can't put a finger on, and as you know, our environment, is, of course, is contributed to it, but it's also our sedentary ways that we can sit in front of computers and smart devices all day long and absorbing blue light and yet we're not we're not outside and we're not moving i can't remember the last time i used to live by duke and i used to always walk to duke park and i can't remember the last time i walked anywhere but to my car so i don't have anything but i'll be in and out okay okay so all right well Let me get my pad here. See what I had. I, I I think in the time off, I've been I've been kind of lazy, and I normally just write throughout the week and then just pick the stories that I want to talk about that I feel are most relevant when we get to, you know, uh, Saturday. And of course, when I do the politics on Monday. But I've just been I've been taking my vacation to the fullest. <laughs> so I had a couple of things here, but here's something that just happened to me yesterday. I got banned from Twitter again. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is Mr. Hyde's Wrath, and it's more of a, a combative persona. You know, I like to, 
you know, mess with the Trump fans and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll even put up like hashtag MAGA be like, hey, MAGA chuds, what's going on? Just looking for clap back. But no one claps back in the last year or so. I think people just finally starting to figure, yeah, we got nothing. <laughs> so, but I, but I got banned again yesterday. And it was basically for some very uh, black comedy. Not black as in skin color, but black as in just... If anybody, if you ever heard the, the term black comedy, it has nothing to do with black people. It just means finding humor and stuff that's not funny. So that's why they call it like a black comedy. Because it's, it's, it's dark subject matter. So, but um, I, I put it like this, right? Someone had a, a post and they were talking about uh, Ivanka and uh, Jared. And they were like, well, what's, what's Ivanka and Jared going to do for their, uh, for their anniversary? And I said, hopefully a murder-suicide. But don't... Now, uh, I, I want to say that maybe 20 minutes after I posted that, I was banned. Right? Now, here's the thing about what me... Wait, wait, what, what did it say again? They, they said... They said uh, in, in, the, in the post, they said, what, what are Jared and Ivanka going to do for their anniversary? And I said, hopefully a murder-suicide. And... Um, yeah. And I got banned for seven days. Now, the last time I got banned, it was only for 24 hours, I think. And now this one's seven days. And I'm pretty sure if I get, if I get flagged again, it's going to be permanent. So, but my thing is this, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I pulled the Kathy Griffin. I went too far. These things happen, right? Republicans go too far all the time, all the time, you know, and Here's my thing about that one getting flagged. It's not like I did at, at Jared or Ivanka or you even used a hashtag Jared or Ivanka. It was just one sentence, right? And then, of course, Twitter did the whole terms of service thing and stuff like that. Uh, somebody reported me, you know. And my thing is this. Republicans, you guys are the biggest bunch of pussies. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Because why do liberals get reported more than, um, than Republicans? It's because we don't care. If you say something stupid, we're either going to come at you with the facts or we're going to clap back at you. But we're not going to be like, Mommy, Mommy, you said something mean. Who gives a shit? It's Twitter. You think I go on Twitter expecting everything to be all wine and roses? No. It's Twitter. It's the Internet. I'm getting on with millions of people. Most of them are off their rocker. So what, you think I, you think I expect to not have people clap back at me if I say something that they don't like? No. When I did that whole thing about, uh, trust me, when I did the whole thing with Jay-Z and Colin Kaepernick, the whole uh, Jay-Z thing, yeah, people got, on, people got on me for that. A lot of people agree with me. Some people did not. And some people came at me, you know? But... When you put your opinions out there, you expect it. Now, granted, I will say that, you know, what I said was not appropriate. I'm not going to defend what I said, right? I won't do that. But the fact that these Republicans who are supposed to be these tough guys, like, you know, I, like I, I use gun oil as cologne, you know, I shoot my dinner. 
and these fucking jackasses, as soon as you hurt their feelings, they're like, Mommy! Mommy! He caught me! <laughs> fucking jackasses. You know? And it's, it's basically just all reflection. Right? Mm-hmm. Basically, they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see, so they just try to project that onto someone else. It's like Bob's Burgers when he was mad because his family wasn't, didn't want to... They went to a, a, an event in town and, Bob, and no one said he was crying, but he started crying. And, he was, and then he was like, I'm not crying, you're crying, even though he's like in tears. That's basically like what it is, you know? And it's, it's kind of like, and now Twitter has this thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I saw this in another tweet, right? So I don't know. I haven't heard this officially from Twitter, but Twitter is going to have this thing where you can restrict who can respond to your tweets. So in other words, um, it's kind of like with Facebook in a way, where it's like, okay, you can have like your posts seen by public, by friends, by friends of friends and stuff like that, you know? I, I work for a company that does not necessarily share my political views, which is why I try not to mention my job on the show, because they, oh, exactly. they, they, they do not share my political views, right? So when I make my political posts, I usually keep it within my friend circle. I used to have it all public and then I stopped doing that years ago. Right? And every now and then a friend of mine will want, well, you know, they'll say, can you make this public so I can share it? And I'll, I'll, I'll review it and make sure it's not anything too mean and then just be, okay, I'll, I'll make it public so you can share it. You know? But I, I, I understand, because you get people who get fired all the time, but usually it's for racist stuff. Not for political stuff, but for racist stuff. You know? When you have these racists who go on these tirades and the first thing they do is they find out where they work, they let their job know, they're gone. They get fired. You know? Right, right. So I, I understand being in a public square, you know, you can go too far. But I always feel it's disproportionate against liberals. Now, here's the thing. I don't, the only evidence I have for this, this is not like some study that was done. It's basically whenever I get banned, all my friends will... Just imagine me like, yeah, I got banned too for something similar, you know. And it's because they they'll be quick to report you. The first time I got banned, I talked about it on the show late last year. I called Candace Owens a bedwench, and I added her. <laughs> so put it like this: I got up in that morning, and you know, sometimes when I'm just laying in bed, I'm not ready to get up. I'll check tweets, and Candace Owens said something stupid, as she always does, and I added her. And I called her a bedwench. And by the time I got out of the shower, uh, I was banned. <laughs> so I'm like, and I'm like, I know Candace Jones is not reading tweets at six o'clock in the morning. I'm pretty sure she has a bot monitoring her accounts. Sure. You know, and, and I guess bedwench is a because she when she was in Congress for whatever ungodly fucking reason she was in Congress. She she was talking about the name she gets called, and you could just see it on her face. Like when she said that she gets called a bedwench, you could just see it in her face, like the venom. Like she hates that term, but it is what it is. What she is, it absolutely is what she is. And and speaking of Candace Owens, uh, kind of sloppy segue. You guys watch um, MMA fighting at all? No, I cannot say I do. Blue, you don't watch MMA, do you? Nah, oh. I can't say that. I don't watch a lot of TV. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, that's about it. I, I hear that. 
My dad actually saw a fight with a dude named uh, Colby Covington. I, I talked to my dad the other day. We were talking about that fight. And I didn't watch the fight. I just saw the clips afterwards. So if you don't know who Colby Covington is, he is a MMA fighter, right? And, and the point of me bringing this part up is because when people say that, when I say that we live in a racist nation, I'm not saying that every single person is racist. That's absolutely not true. But there are a lot more people who are, overt, who are overtly racist than we'd like to admit, you know. And people, don't, either, people either don't see it or they don't want to admit it, right? Mm-hmm. So Colby Covington is a MMA fighter. I think he, he, held, he held like a welterweight title or something like that. And at one point, he was in danger of being cut from the MMA because he was too vanilla. He was just too, he was just too much of a too milk toast, you know. And they were going to not renew his contract. So he needed to do something to give him more exposure, right? So of all the things he could have done to give himself more exposure, he decided he was going to be a Trump fan. So he puts on the Trump hat and he talks about how much he loves Donald Trump and, you know, he starts ragging on immigrants and basically that was his persona, you know. He goes out and he just rags on immigrants and now he's a Trump fan. And basically he he got a lot of buzz because of that. Donald Jr. started started name dropping him. All of a sudden, Colby Coleman's at the White House standing with Trump. Trump's got his belt. You know, posing with his belt. You know, he always walks around with that with that hat. You know, and and I, I want you to forgive me. Like I said, I got lazy this week. Uh, oh yeah, I just had to look up Colby Covington getting his jaw broke. Um, <laughs> Colby Covington was in a fight uh, a few weeks back with uh, Kamaru Usman, uh, USMAN, and basically, uh, he is from, uh, I want to say he's from Nigeria, don't quote me on that part, but where he's from in Africa, uh, he immigrated to the United States when he was a kid, and his village was really poor, like they had to walk miles every day just to get clean water, right? So, Covington is basically like ragging on this dude, right? Ragging on this Jarjic, saying that the only thing that his family ever contributed to the United States was uh, being in the prison system. So, here, here's, here's a good idea, okay? Yes, you're a fighter. Yes, you train, right? Your opponent is a fighter who also trains. You're going to insult this man's family, insult this man's heritage, and then you have to get into a ring with him, Right? And this is not like we're ropes where you could just get out. You're in like in, in the ring. Like you can't go nowhere, right? And this is not like boxing where the referee will break up if you get too close. If you go down, they can just get on top of you and just beat the living shit out of you, right? You can insult this guy, and then you got to get in the ring, and then you got to fight him. How do you think that fight went? Think it went well for Coley? No. This dude fucked his ass up, broke his jaw, right? Knocked him out. So, well, they had to stop the fight before it was a knockout because he couldn't defend himself. He's on the ground, and Cameroon uh, was on top, you know, giving him the business, and they had to stop the fight. But the reason why I bring him up, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cool story, whatever, but here's my thing. The only reason why I bring it up is because uh, 
he was basically Covington was on Candace Owens uh, podcast, basically admitting that the whole Trump thing was just to keep his MMA job. So it's not like he's an actual Trump supporter, right? So it's not like he said, well, I'm just going to come out and just bring out my inner Trump. No, it was all an act in order to make himself, quote unquote, interesting so the MMA would keep him. So he figured of all the things I could do, right? And to me, that makes it extra disgusting. So it's not like he said, well, I'm going to, you know, and I'm, I don't know his political affiliation. I don't know what, what this guy is outside of the ring. I don't know nothing about that. I don't, I don't follow MMA fighting, right? But he was basically admitting that this whole Trump thing was a persona, was just something that he did to get to get in, in, in the wrestling world. They call it generating heat. Right. Mm. And when you say that this is not a racist country, right, or at least we don't have our fair share of racists in it, it's because this guy figured the only way I could keep my job is I'll just be an overt racist. And that's how I'll get fans. And that's how I'll get likes on, on Twitter and Instagram. By insulting other people's countries. And insulting other people's cultures. And but insulting other people's families. Sports has always been political, yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a difference between politics and just being a flat-out racist. So it's not like he's coming out and saying, hey, you know, I think the marginal tax rate should be here. He's basically just calling Brazilians animals. You know, and then, you know, just being a racist in order to get fans. So you would figure in this day and age, being a racist would give you less fans, not more fans. But he saved his job by being a racist. So you can't say that this is not a racist country. And like I said, it's not like every man, woman, and child is a racist, but we have a problem that we really need to deal with. Because if you can be a racist and get more fans, that is a huge problem. And one that really needs to be addressed. Because now he's just emboldening more racists to just come out and be overt. I can't stop you from being a racist. If you hate black people, if you hate white people, if you hate Hispanics, or if you even if you hate gay people, you know, I can't stop you from. I can't tell you who to love and who to not love. I can't tell you who to love and who to hate. I can't do that. But you got to keep that shit to yourself. Okay, you can't get in the way of other people. You know, you're not allowed to talk people down. Just because you don't like the color of their skin, whether whether it's an act like like Covington or not, you can't do that. If you're a bank manager, you can't just not give a black person a loan because you don't like the color of his skin. That's the part we need to stop. I mean, if you hate gay people, that's up to you. I mean, you can't come in my home. <laughs> We're not going to hang out together. But you just go ahead and just live your life over there, right? But you can't get in other people's way. And someone like Covington, the fact that he gained fans that way, he's inspiring more people to get in other people's way. The fact that he became more popular for being a racist. That's something that we really need to address. You know, everybody always, they don't want to talk about race because it's uncomfortable. And I get that. I absolutely get that. But it's something that needs to be discussed. 
because sweeping it under the rug, you know what's going to happen when you sweep it all, all under the rug? You're just going to have a whole bunch of dust under your rug. It's not going anywhere. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So, but I, I just thought that that was, you know, I just thought that was funny when I found out more about him and I'm just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, but, um, how much time we got left? We got a few minutes left. Uh, yeah. with, uh, with, with the Trump fans, I, I thought there was something that was very funny and that was the, the Dinar scandal, right? Uh, I talked about this on the show and there's a reason why I'm bringing it up, right? Uh, the dinar is the. I think there are some uh, some people who use the dinar as a form of currency, usually in the Middle East, right? And some people have their own dinars, like Iraqis have their own dinar, right? The dinar compared to the United to the United States dollar is zero point zero zero. I think it's three zeros zero 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 point like eight four cents. So it's, le it's less than a penny for an Iraqi dinar, right? So. They were scamming these people by telling them, hey, look, and this is something that, that Trump talked about, and that's how they used it as a scam. And I think I talked about this last summer, where people were actually spending their life savings on buying up Iraqi dinar, right? Like I said, one Iraqi dinar is worth 0.00084 cents, right? But supposedly... Donald Trump is going to work his magic, and then the dinar would be the same as the dollar. And then these people will be rich, right? Because if you buy up, you know, now all of a sudden you have like a million dollars in Iraqi money, and now you're, now you're a millionaire. You can just trade it in for American dollars, and then you're good, right? I know nothing about money as evidenced by the fact that I don't have money, right? But even I can see through a dumb scheme like that. There has never been a time, okay, a couple of times, but not enough to justify this, where money that was worthless suddenly became worth something. Right? So there's never a time where a currency, and someone talked about this, uh, I was listening to, um, God, what was it? Uh, Chapel Trap House, another podcast I listened to, you know. It's politics with that nerd slant to it, which I like a lot. And they were, they were saying, like what happened in Brazil, they didn't just take that currency and revalue it. They just made a, a whole new set of currency. <laughs> the other one, they just pretty much just throw it in the trash. If they had Googled this, they could have found in the first, like I did, I Googled it. You could have found in the first, in five minutes of research, why this would be a bad idea and why it would never happen. Right. The reason why I bring this up now is because it's kind of still going on. So you still have people who are buying up Iraqi dinar, and the people who have the Iraqi dinar, they are literally, literally in chat rooms, and they have their own prayer circles where they sit and they pray that Donald Trump will do what he said he was going to do and just revalue the money. First of all, we have no effect on other people's money. We can't tell someone else to change the value of their money directly. That's, that has not happened as far as I can tell, right? There's a whole big process with that, and it doesn't start with America, right? 
And the fact that this is going on, and the reason why I bring this up is because it's just people's unbelievable faith in Donald Trump. That Donald Trump could do pretty much whatever he wants. That is absolutely not true. So if Obama was president, don't get me, don't get me wrong, that Iraqi dinar has been at that value for a long time. So here's the thing. Why didn't this scam start under Obama? Because Obama is not a fucking moron and he's not getting out on the podium and saying he's going to revalue Iraqi money. And even if he did say that, all those Republicans would be like, I'm not going to trust that dude. I'm not going to trust that black bastard. You know? But because it's Trump. And Trump, oh, he's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He only has six bankruptcies. He can't even keep a fucking casino running. How do you not keep a casino running? They give you their money. Literally at the door. You know how Trump bankrupted his casinos? He put them across the street from each other. That is a true story. But um, <laughs> you, you could do that with Dwayne Reeds in Manhattan because it's Dwayne, it's Manhattan. There's millions of people packed in that little space. You can have a Dwayne Reed up the street from each other. Dwayne Reed is a drugstore, by the way. And you could do that. And they'll still make money because there's so many people in Manhattan. Uh, Vegas is basically built on a desert. Okay? Most of the people in Vegas show up in Vegas to gamble. But you put two of your own casinos across the street from each other, what kind of a fucking moron does that? Right? Like, oh, no. Have twice the visitors. Yeah. Basically, he probably is called two casinos, double the people. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a man who decided he wants to sell steaks in a sharper image. You know that cattle where you buy those fancy, uh, those fancy pens? And you could also buy steaks. You know? He made his own shitty vodka. He, he tried to have his own airlines with his gaudy airplanes that looks like the inside of Liberace's asshole. And basically, they, all his businesses failed to the point where he had to make a fake college just to make money. But he says he's going to revalue Iraqi money and people are like, oh, I'm on it. I'm getting in on the ground floor, you fucking rubes. And I hate to, I know these people are victims, and it's wrong of me to rag on them, but Jesus Christ, man, I know somewhere in your town is Google. If you don't have Google in your house, somewhere in your town is Google. Look that shit up. Five minutes it took me to figure out that this was a bad idea. Okay. Five minutes it took me to verify that it was a bad idea. I knew it was a bad idea from the, from the moment I heard it, I knew it was a bad idea. It just took me five minutes to verify all the reasons why you should not do something like that. You fucking rubes. <laughs> and now they won't even admit that they got rooked. They're in prayer rooms. You know, they're in chat rooms and prayer circles. Oh, please, Donald, please keep your promise. Okay. You know, he has two ex-wives that can tell you Donald's ability to keep promises. So good luck with that, rubes. You know, it kind of reminds me of, I know, uh, you ever see that movie, The Big Short? 
you know, if you ever seen it, it was a it's a fantastic movie. It, it's not on Netflix anymore. It was on Netflix. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think I have seen it. Who's in it? Um, Steve Carell was in it. There's a lot of people in it. Uh, was it Val Kilmer? No, not Val Kilmer. God, what is his name? Jesus Christ, I can see his face in my mind. I can't think of his name. But Steve Carell was in it. He was one of the main guys in it. And then they had like a whole lot of people who um who did little guest shorts explaining, you know, how the whole financial thing worked. Uh oh, and um God, Batman. Not not the not the last Batman, the one from the Dark Knight. Uh Christian Bale was in it. And him and Steve Carell, they were both good in their roles. You know, it was, it was, it was, I got ready to say Val Kilmer and I'm no, there's not Val Kilmer. It's, um, yeah, I was like, but why did my mind go to Batman and think of Val Kilmer? Like, <laughs> like the least popular Batman ever, and I automatically just actually, you know what? I think Clooney was the least popular. Yeah, okay. Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer was not that bad as Batman. George Clooney was the least popular one, I think. But it did though. It really yeah. did. And at least he was in the least popular Batman movie, which is Batman and Robin. But um basically in the big short they talked about shorting stocks. And uh we all know our good buddy Elon Musk, right? He runs uh he has his company's Tesla. And uh couple months back, I think it was a couple months back, they came out with the Cybertruck. And I will admit, I had jokes about this truck, right? I had a lot of jokes about this truck. <laughs> it just looked goofy as hell, right? But supposedly, and, and some of my friends actually looked into the specs and looked up all the stuff, and it's actually a really nice truck, right? Plus, he has a, a whole thing of Teslas that are coming out in China, and, you know... But what these people decided they want to do is they decided they wanted to short him, right? So basically, to short him, they don't, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I'm explaining this wrong. I've read this over like five times, and it's still, there's was still one part that doesn't make sense to me. But they don't buy the stocks. They borrow them, right? They borrow the stocks and then do something where they can come in and buy the stocks at a, at a lower price, and it, sh it, it shorts the stock, right? Now, you may have to look it up on your own how this works, right? But shorting stocks can effectively ruin companies. And then people who, you know, they'll profit off of uh, ruining companies by shorting their stock. They tried to short Elon Musk. It did not work. So in other words, they got these stocks... Um, Let's just say I'm making up numbers here, right? Let's say they're shorting these stocks at $114 a share, right? I'm just making up numbers here, right? But now, so they're in the tank for these stocks at $114 a share. So supposedly, somehow, if the stocks go down, they could sell those stocks, and then even though uh, the stocks are lower, they make money off the difference, Right? I'd have to look that up again or find like a, a layman's video for how that works, right? But the problem with the stocks that Elon Musk had is that after the Cybertruck and then his, uh, his companies in, in China, right, 
they went up. So I'm like I said, making up numbers. They went from like $114 to like $800. So now they have to pay the difference between $114 and $800 for each stock. So all in all, at least for the ones that they were able to calculate, people who were trying to short Elon Musk stock, they lost $8 billion. Mm. Trying to short Elon Musk stock. So why is shorting stock still allowable? Shorting stock is basically what would help cause the housing crisis. When you're shorting stocks, you're betting against the company. You're betting for that company to fail. Mm-hmm. So if you watch the big short, they talked about three different, like three or four different groups of people who were reading the tea leaves and, this, and they were looking at it. They were like, yo, the housing market is about to crash. So they devised a mechanism, and this is more like Christian Bale's character. They devised, he devised a, a mechanism to short the stock, right? And he ended up making tens of billions of dollars off of it when the, when the, the market crashed. You know, why you're allowed to do that, I don't know. In other words, I should not have a vested interest in your house burning down. So... I just thought that part was funny that they tried that they tried to short Elon Musk and now collectively they're out eight billion dollars. You know, I always ha- I always have that vision of the end of trading places where they where the Duke brothers where they're like, well, yeah. that'll be forty million dollars. That'll be three hundred million dollars, please. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, it's, it's always been kind of funny to me, but I will say, uh, Elon Musk is dating some Canadian musician. That's the only thing I saw my timeline about him this week. And uh, basically, the girl says she's pregnant. Oh, but I don't know. <laughs> she's a wagon dude. I don't know. Like she's one of those like really eccentric people where she can say she's pregnant, but like be best metaphorically speaking, not literally speaking. Hmm. Um, she could be pregnant with new music or some shit like that because she's a wackadoo. You know what I mean? Like she's that type of person. Hold on, he's a Canadian musician. Yeah, and if you like look at her tweet or her uh, Instagram post because it was posted on the thing I was reading, and I was like. Bitch, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, she's really crazy. She is like cuckoo crazy. And I was like, her, bro, this, this dude is rich as hell, and this is his type. Like, her name is Grimes. I'm not buying stock. I'm not buying stock based on who you dating. Like, mm-mm. no, because like now I really don't trust your judgment. Like, that's my point. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Oh no, she she looks she looks crazy. She looks like her eyebrow should be connecting at some point. Like that's she how crazy like she looks. And justifies it. She's definitely one of the white people that um didn't wash her legs or doesn't wash her feet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what are you talking about that? And like, oh like the soap just runs down. No girl. Like she looks <laughs> like one of those type of people. <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't know how, I don't know how old Elon Musk is, but at least you know she's like thirty-one. But she I looks mean, like she's grown. But like, bruh, what? 
Yeah. I don't even, put it like this. Just looking at her, I don't even want to listen to her music. Like, that's how... Ugh. She just looks like she's like... If you break her heart, she's like boiling bunny rabbits or something like that. <laughs> like in a fatal attraction. Like killing your pets, keying your car. She looks like that type of person. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I can tell all that from looking at a couple of her pictures on, on Google. <laughs> I'm that good of a judge of character. <laughs> Which is me, of course, being sarcastic. I know nothing. I just, I just heard of her today. <laughs> so... But that is actually all I had. So, any uh, any closing thoughts, Odie? Be like Boosie in 2020. Um, something I didn't want to talk about in great depth, just because I'm the only um, member of a Greek organization that's part of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those that don't know. Lil Boosie earlier this week went to a game, I think it was a Hawks game in Atlanta, and he was he decided to wear a, a sweatshirt with the Greek letters Kappa Alpha Psi, which on its surface is not bad, except for the fact that that is a real uh, Greek organization with, uh, it is the, let me see, which number is it? Man, don't have me doing math. Like, basically, there's nine Greek nine black Greek organizations known as the Divine Nine. And um, for those that are part of the organization, like myself, members of Delta Sigma Theta, we know that that is a cardinal sin. You cannot wear letters from an organization that you have not pledged. Um, And so, yeah, like you literally pay dues to be a part of the organization and go through a process to come out on the other side as a member. Um, and Boosie didn't do none of that. So he is not a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, but um, he took the sweatshirt off. He apologized um, and took it pretty lightly. He went on his Instagram Live and asked some of the Kappas to show him how to shimmy, which is like their stroll or their dance that they do, which usually is to wipe me down. So that's probably where some of the confusion came in. Uh, Boosie probably thought he was an honorary member or something like that and figured he could wear the letters even though he hadn't paid dues. So, I say be like Boosie in 2020. You know, take things in stride. Let people educate you. And admit when you're wrong. The end. I think that was a good lesson to learn from Boosie. Yeah. I just can't get into Greek culture. I don't know. But it ain't for, it ain't for I, I agree with you. And yeah, it ain't for everybody. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. But right. the lesson is positive no matter how you spin that. Because Boosie was, Boosie was Boosie wrong. He was a wild one, though. I took some of his IDs. I used to follow him, but he just wild. He wild for no reason. <laughs> Look, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, online comedians is this girl named Kaidi. Kaidi Don. I don't know if I'm saying her name wrong. I, I never know. But it's spelled K-H-A-D-I Don. D-O-N. And, um, Girl is fucking hilarious. There is one where she does uh Instagram live impression of Boosie. <laughs> like, Show me them titties. <laughs> and so she shows oh I guess you be asking girls on Instagram live to show their titties or whatever. I guess uh, hopefully they're of age. And so but 
she was playing the girl showing her titties, but they were like painted on, and it wasn't like her actual breast. It was like the flat part of her chest, and so she like revealed the nipple. It was wild. Wow, I can't really describe it because she's funny as hell, and I was like, this is what Boosie be doing on his live, but I guess so. And however, she was she talked just like him. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I'll share it with the group later. But yeah, Boosie, Boosie a wild one, I, but I like him. I really do like him. I, I, I never got into his music, but at the same time, it, he's like he's like one of those in-betweeners where it's like, I'm not a fan of his music, but I don't hate him. <laughs> I, I, for me, and Boosie, it's like just live and let live, you know? He's not like like uh like what like. What surprises me is that as long as Boosie been around, ooh, I mean, he's been around for a hot minute. I'm really surprised yeah. that he's still somewhat relevant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is no easy feat in this day and age where everybody just fades away. You know. You think of because if you think about it, Little Wayne ain't even really that relevant now, and he was the king at one time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember he was little Boosie. Now he now he's Boosie badass. Yeah, he's been Boosie badass for a hundred years, but yeah, I thought he. <laughs> and he's not that old. He's only like thirty-seven. I thought he was older than that. He look older than that. Crack is a motherfucker. Older, even around a long time. <laughs> yeah, his first album. I keep forgetting we're in two thousand twenty. I'm like, his first album came out in two thousand. Now, but now I'm about to say, that's not that. Nothing. I'm about to say. You I'm about to say dabs the other day. You was up with some dabs yesterday, the other day, and I was like, "This bitch is 20 years old and still jam." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, about, uh, the that song with Webby will always be my favorite. The Independent Woman. That's my shit. That shit's so hard. Yeah, I've been hearing that song through. in my head sometimes. Like that beat, that beat just hits so hard. You know, doom, 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 I will say this, Odie. I know you're going to be mad at me, but something, what I do like, like, even though I have Destiny's Child albums, I didn't buy them. I got them for free from the record store. And every time I'm putting together my 90s thing, or even the new millennium stuff, and I get like, there's like Beyonce, and then there's um, Destiny's Child stuff. I'm just like, no, because <laughs> I'm just not that big a fan, and I try to put up stuff that I'm a fan of, but I also try to put up stuff that's popular, you know, because my musical tastes are like way off to the left, you know, but there are, like like that song, um, Can't Get You Out of My Head, I like that song, you know, and I, and I remember, oh, like, shit. Boy, I mean, my son be thinking I'm the gayest thing in the car, boy. Every day, yeah, get you out of my head. Emotions, they they covered the Bee Gees, Destiny's Child. Did they? Song. And they did, and they did a, they did a good cover. They did a damn good cover. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Like, wow. cover songs, like, like, cover songs, I have no particular preference as far as, like, the cover songs. Like, a good cover is a good cover, you know? And I think, um, I think yesterday I did, I, I did a reggae-themed cover song day. 
Perfect. Yeah. So it was like, you know, pe- people come like reggae covers of like, fa- I didn't know this until I was doing the research on it for the cover day. Bob Marley and the Whalers, they did a cover of the Archie's Sugar Sugar. Did not know that. <laughs> and you could tell, like from the recording, it, like hey, they did they, that was like early in their career. They did that one. What you know is that Jamaicans cover some of everything. I remember one time I was in New York listening to one of them. Um, Ron G takes. I don't think he's a DJ anymore, but he might be. But anyways, they was like remixing all the songs, and sometimes to the point that I would hear the remix Jamaican version before I heard the commercial version. Yeah. Right, right, right. For, for some people, like um, uh, Shelly Thunder did that remake of uh, Baby Can I Hold You, but they, but they just had it as Sorry. That was the name of the song. Because you know, they start off like Sorry is all that. I can't sing. And then um, there's another, not Foxy yeah, Brown, sure. not Foxy Brown, the, the rapper from New York, but there was a, a reggae artist named Foxy Brown. And she did a, she did a, a cover of uh, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. You know, that was back in like in the 90s or something like that. You know, I posted stuff like that. But and then I and then a lot of people did not know like UB40, their song Red Red Wine. That's a cover of Neil Diamond from like the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of songs that some people thought were original. Yeah, I really thought that was an original song. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: if you wait and if you wait enough time to cover a song. They may not know the original like that, you know. And I didn't know until recently that that that, that song was a cover. I always thought that it was the, that it was the original song. But I guess that's a mark of a good cover. And then today, uh, after after we after we conclude, you know, today is Sample Saturdays, so I, I, I had to do my research on because some songs, like one of the songs I'm going to do is uh, looking at the front door from Main Source. That takes samples from like five different songs. Ooh. So, and I normally don't Man, do. Last, these last week, these last couple of days, anyway, at least from Wednesday on, I've been, um, you know, I grew up on Public Enemy. Um, yes. Now I've just been listening to Public Enemy. Man, the Bond Squad will mix like 30, 40 samples. I like how the I said Public Enemy ain't making no money off they shit. <laughs> 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 they really out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know that was what happened with Mary's second album with um with my life. I mean. The royalties got eaten up in um, in sampling, you know, because there were a lot of samples from that. Uh, you know, I'll put it like this: half that album could be a sample Saturday. You know, that could be a sample Saturdays for like two weeks if I do five songs each. But um, like my life, that, like that tells you the samples of all the songs that you like or whatever. Yeah, and that's that's right now. I have to Google uh, it. it. No, it's called uh, who sampled. Yeah, you're right. How simple. <laughs> yeah, and then... I was, I was, like, surprised at some of the things. I was like, well, damn, some of the stuff was, like, right in your face, but Kanye was twisted in such a way you can't even hardly recognize it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and it's almost like every song you would think was original compilation borrows something for somebody else. It's like, well, damn, is there anything original in music anymore? <laughs> like, I, like, I didn't know. Like, I'm, I'm, one of the songs I'm going to do today is uh, Eminem's... Uh, my name is, and it was from a song from back in the from back in the seventies. And you know, I'm gonna put you know, you have to wait until, until like the two minute mark to get to the uh, to the Eminem sample. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff that uh, you know, like uh, who shot you? That was a that was a sample. You know, hell yeah, that's a great sample, great sample. So. And when I say Mary J, it was used in Mary. See, Puffy got a, a problem. 
a lot of times he'll just he'll he'll use the same samples in like two or three tracks. Yeah. Between Biggie and um, Mary J, they shared multiple samples. You know. What now, I'm saying? You, now, well, now for the um, for the who shot you? You're talking about the um, the interlude before my life on that album, right? The one that Keith Murray is rhyming. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she also added in on um, that. I want to say it was in a, a full sample in another song. That song was a heavy sample. That was one of her best, her best albums ever. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Which one? My Life, 1994. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then actually, I will say this, Share My World was, uh, was a pretty good follow-up. It was close second. Close second. That's mm -hmm. a solid. That is a mm -hmm. solid album. I think I told the story already, so I'll tell the short version of it, but when I used to work at the record store, everybody was always, you know, clamoring for uh, free CDs, and there was a rep from Universal, and I would never, because we only, we only used to get plenty of samples, so I didn't need to, like, go to him directly for, uh, for, um, for promos, I said samples, for promos, but when my life, I mean, when I say when Share My World was coming out, I, I called him up, and his name was Chris, I'm like, Chris, any way you can get me a copy of Share My World. And he mailed me like a stack of, because I think he, he mailed me um, Share My World, and then uh, Heavy D had an album coming out, Tracy Lee had an album coming out, and then I think it was like two more stuff and two more things in there. All I asked for was Share My World. But it was kind of like, I was like an oddity to him because I wasn't just like tugging at his sleeves all day for, for promos. But when Share My World came out, I was like, Chris, you got to hook me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, sometimes I go to YouTube and I watch that video. You know what I'm saying? That's a very, very, that's a very beautiful album. Very beautiful album. Share My World. Her voice was so pretty. Oh, it was so pretty in that song. <laughs> Today is, today's Mary's birthday, as a matter of fact. Oh, man, I would not even know that because I don't keep up with celebrities like that. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Well, it just it just showed up on my timeline that today's her birthday. Because I don't keep up like that. It's his birthday. I probably need to send her a text. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> but Mary turned... I would have never guessed it. She turns 50 out soon. 49. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Living her best life. I ain't mad at you, Mary. Not at all. You know, for all she's been through, yeah. You know what? You do your thing, Mary. Keep making that music. I'm about to say something fucked up. Never mind. <laughs> 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 so Tupac said about it, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tupac was a hateful ass nigga before he was mad. <laughs> hey, you know what? It. Put it like this. He had the skills. He died at, what, 27? The impact he had. It's like he lived here for 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's why he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tupac 25 years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but put it like this. His impact. That's why he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know? Mm, uh, Biggie, Biggie is nominated, but I, I think I mentioned this on, on the show late last year. He ain't going to make it in his first go-around. Because there is so much competition to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this time around, I oh, think like only so many can go, only only so many can slip in at any given time. Yeah, yeah. And why was that Rock and Roll? Have they thought about renaming that shit? Probably not. But, um, Probably not. Is Rock and Roll even existing anymore? I mean, I'm trying to think who's well, really Rock and Roll. Well, they, they just they just call it Rock now, but it's not like it was like back in the 50s and 60s though. 
But I, I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to find my, I have it on OneNote someplace. And I was trying to find my, uh, my article on it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but it, but it was, um, speaking of you, while you're looking that up, I want to talk about the app OneNote. I have the Microsoft Suite, had it for 30 years or more. I haven't yet to figure out how to use OneNote. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I love OneNote. I use it at work and I, and I use it at home. I love it. I can't, now, now, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> now, now Grant. Because it's, it's, it's pretty as fuck. But I just can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, like I'm basically, uh, uh, you know, I'm more of a uh, beginner user. You know, my, my old supervisor, she, like, she would do all of her meetings off of there. It had videos and everything. Like oh, she's man, an crazy. I would love to know how to do that. I need to go online and learn how to use it. Same thing with Photoshop. I know how to use Photoshop. I got the whole Adobe suite. Don't know shit about Illustrator. Don't know shit about Spark. Don't know shit about none of the other shit. Kind of don't want to even want to learn. The learning curve. The learning curve is so damn high. I'm like shit. I barely know damn about Photoshop, dude. Like, <laughs> I yeah. gotta make shit so complicated. Why we can't have like app like as easy as the app you use on your phone? You know what I'm saying? I got to do oh. 25 different different things in order to do what an app does in one, in one button select for a filter. You know, it's crazy. It's oh, and, and, and I, I found that list. I'm just going to say the ones, I'm just going to say the ones that actually, you know, have like a huge impact. And these are the ones who are getting in the same uh, Hall of Fame class as Biggie. So we got Whitney Houston. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, Whitney Houston is definitely getting in. Rufus featuring Sean Connery. Whitney came out like in 7880. Why is she just... No, no, Whitney came out in the mid-80s. Like, like, yeah. Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. I got a CD when she was singing. She was ugly. She had bald head. And she was a no reason. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm looking that up now. Yeah. Because I used... What you talking about? So what? What? When did her album come out? Because I seen some early. Now her album came out, and I'm I'm looking at it right now. Her first album came out in '85. Dude, I felt like it was '78. Why am I? Oh, '85. Still, '85. Yeah. Biggie didn't come out until what '92, maybe? No, Biggie was Biggie was '95. And they they go into the Hall of Fame. No, 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 no. Um, uh, not uh. Ninety-four, I think. Biggie came out. That don't mean no. So did she like was was she like presented to go before and she just didn't get in that time? No, I think this is her first nomination. Cause she would have gotten in definitely. I mean, me. she is the damn queen of voices. You know, for her time, for our time, even because even people try to emulate her today. Um, Ariana you, Grande, her whole style is based on Whitney. Basically, you figure Whitney's first two albums sold over twenty million copies each worldwide. Right, you know, artists can't push numbers like that. That no more due to streaming, and you don't get shit for streaming. A million streams on one of my podcasts. That's the average money I made. Go ahead. <laughs> Two thousand four hundred and sixty dollars for a million streams. Damn, That's ridiculous. That is crazy. Hell, the so body soundtrack. I, I can never ever be. A, I can't even be a, an artist anymore like that. I have to have a nine to five. Because, well, one, there's no, there's really no way to get physical copies of an album anymore. Nobody's trying to buy it like that when they can stream it for free. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be an artist right now. 
yeah, it, it is it is a shitty time to be it. But you figure Whitney Houston, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, Craftwork, uh, oh. yeah, exactly, Craftwork, uh, uh, Thin Lizzy. Uh, if you ever hear that song, uh, the boys are back in town. That's Thin Lizzy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, nine Inch Nails. Oh, they don't deserve to be in there. That's all I was thinking. I, I knew, oh, okay. I knew it. Oh yeah. Uh, nine Inch <laughs> Nails. Over the names you already said. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to listen to them. My sister was a was a metalhead, and yeah, that was one of her favorite groups. Uh, Doobie Brothers. Uh, Dave Dave yeah, Matthews Band. Oh, definitely. definitely. Uh, Motorhead. Uh, Pat yeah, Benet. Uh, Pat Benatar. Uh, oh, I love her! Oh my God! Yeah, she's nominated for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Depeche Mode. Been in the game 30, 50 years. Hello, I know she came out in the seventies. Don't tell me no different. Oh no, no, yeah, you I think you're right about that. I mean, she was big in the eighties, but I think she was. I think she started recording back in the late seventies. And then, um, uh, Depeche Mode. And oh, uh, yeah, I used to listen to them. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite groups on the low. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, and uh, Judas Priest. Oh, so I ain't fucked with them. They was crazy. Yeah, but Biggie got a lot of competition, man. I don't see him getting in on the first round just because. Jesus Christ, man! You know, Whitney Houston alone is gonna suck up all them votes. <laughs> yeah, is this done? Is this like um done by like album sales? Because I think he did go. No, no, it's 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 not done by album sales. It's done by your pretty much by your impact on the music industry. Because don't forget, Biggie only had two albums. Right, uh, right. Before all all the posthumous stuff came out. Well, so, Jay Z wouldn't even be Jay Z without Biggie, so I would say pretty impactful. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Jay Z will get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So right now, the only rappers that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right now are Tupac, uh, Beastie Boys, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, N.W.A., Public Enemy, and Run D.M.C. Yeah, I love Public Enemy. I love all them groups, to be honest. I mean, Run yeah. DMC, not as much, but yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think we talked about it, like groups we want to see go in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I'm surprised LL Cool J is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I also said Eric B. and Rakim, Tribe Called Quest, and De La Soul should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I agree with those things. Not as much as... Yeah, I could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wish De La Soul had a bigger impact. They had the, they had the potential to do so. Yes. I hate that that album was so heavily sampled that they get no money off of that period, that, that well, first album. And they don't, even, they don't even like that album. They said it was their own mouth. At least a plug one, that's what he'd be talking about. Fuck that album. It's not that they don't make... Well, put it like this. Now, because they did a lot of hands... Because they, they were on a radio show talking about it not too long ago. And they were saying that um, because a lot of those samples were cleared with just basically just handshake agreements they can't even put that album on spotify because they would get right. they, they would get their intestines pulled out in royalties right, right. for money that they don't even have because <laughs> they can thinking they could work out a deal with the, the, the people the clearinghouses and be like you know let's just put it out there just for the fans and whatever i yeah, get we get off the stream and i just go to y'all you know well put it like this they um this was years ago, but they there was one point where they had uh, they had a website. I think this is when not the grind date. I forgot which one was coming out, but not not the last album. But they actually had a website, and for a limited time only, you could download all of their albums on MP3. 
So yeah, I'm seeing that on, I think I saw it on Genius, the Genius website says something about that. Yeah, and, and, I, and I did it because I have most of their older albums I had on cassette because it came out like in the in late 80s. So I had to get them back on. I think the, I think the first De La Soul album I actually had on, um, on uh, I almost said DVD, on CD was Stakes is High. So all the ones before that, that I had on that. Like so album, that's that first album, that pretty much gave me the opportunity to be able to channel my stress, my depression and everything mm -hmm. into music because I saw somebody that, I guess it looked like me, but kind of favored me, like an oddball, really wasn't like in the mix of the gangs at the time. Um, glasses, high top fade, that wasn't combed correctly or, you know, nappy. It allowed me to be like, oh, well, if they can do it, if that little fucker with the cheeks and, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, what well, the oddballs can do it. I basically came to the realization that anybody could do it if they had the skill. And that, that was, they, I think that was the first group that I looked at like that, that allowed me to um, want to become, a, you know, channel my energies into music. I will say, if I was ever interviewed on a radio station, I would probably have to give the accolade to them. I mean, other people influence my sound, but they influence my, my getting into it based on you don't have to be wearing black, black Wranglers and black T-shirts or gold funky chains and all that. Because, you know, that was, right. I was never into the chains and all that stuff. And I was never a significant drug dealer, you know, a little marijuana at school and shit, you know, nothing right. like that. Um, but, um, yeah, De La Soul, I would have to say, because, you know, I would like to say it would, could have been Tribe Called Quest, they were a little quirky, but they were just so smooth, and I definitely wasn't smooth, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, all right. I, I think we've gone all along enough today. Even a hundred years later, Q-Tip still sounds like very similar to how he sounded when he first came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got to keep his voice, so to speak. <laughs> you know, a lot of people can't. You know, even not to a certain extent. Not not totally, but to a certain extent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And Jay Z, he done switched his style up almost every two or three years. You can't say him. I remember when he first came out, he was like the Fushnikins. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember them. <laughs> oh, when I was doing the, the putting together stuff for Sample Saturdays, I had uh, mm -hmm. it was an old song from uh, Chub Rock. I was a big fan of him back in the days. Yeah, and, yeah uh, he had the radio you know, show. Yeah, with his, with his flat top haircut back in the back in the late eighties. Mm -hmm. I'm not RoboCop. I'm Chub Rock. <laughs> So, yeah, he's yeah, another person, you know, didn't fit the typical mode of being a rapper and did a great job. Yeah. That, so. <laughs> and it was funny because, you know, I do, I do my thing Monday through Friday. One of my friends was like, you should do a sample Saturdays. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's perfect. That's it's, so fun, it's fun looking up all those samples. That's one thing I miss about not having CDs anymore is yeah. I remember... Yeah, it's like when I would go to Jamaica Avenue and I'd be, go, you know, coming home and I had my CDs or even back when I used to have cassettes. First thing I'd do, even before I popped the cassette in the in the in the player, was I would look and see what songs were sampled. You know, that's what's up. I like the liner notes. It's like the digital world. Yeah, in a way yeah. you could still get liner notes, but it's not. It doesn't seem as detailed. I remember getting tapes or cassettes. I mean, cassettes or um CDs, and it was just I was. Look, hoping that they had the lyrics in there so I could sing along. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Spotify used to have a um an add on in which it'll let the, it'll show you the lyrics while you're listening to the song. I guess they lost that ability. Shit, I used to. I ain't gonna lie. I be I be a singing motherfucker up in this bitch. <laughs> You know, I always feel like when the song is on and I'm singing with it, like I'm harmonizing with the actual singer. And then when I'm singing without it, I just sound like a like a dog. Dude, with a, you I'm know, shit when I'm singing with the motherfuckers. Yeah. I, when I when I play it back, when, if I was recording or something, when I hear myself, I'd be like, "Well, damn." <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 what in the hell happened here? <laughs> but I don't, I don't sound as good as I thought I did. <laughs> Put it like this: If I had to hold a note to save somebody's life, I'd be like, "Look, man, it, you know, we we had some good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, it, it is not gonna happen. I cannot carry a tune to save my life." I'm sorry, brother, but you got to go. <laughs> what well, that? Like, I'll take care of your kids for you. Because <laughs> you ain't going to make it through this one. Because I cannot carry a tune. <laughs> all right. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. All right, all right. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast. Streaming on nine separate platforms. Don't know why it's only nine, because more than therapy streaming on 12. I have to look into that. And soon to be on iHeartRadio, thanks to a suggestion by Odie. Um, so once again, that's the Urban Breakdown Podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix and 360 Degrees. That's Merce, Odie, F. Christopher, Van, and Mercedes, and sometimes our Arizona homie, Charles.
candy rain, ooh, I'm so for real. I'm block dropping. Okay, girl, show the boy that you got it. We can make a move like an escort. Vroom, vroom in the four door escort. See, this what I do on an off court. Fly your nigga, no passport. Girl, all that ass for Spayboat. Girl, all that ass for Spayboat. Here we go, bounce up and down, twirl it, round it.